How are you? I'm really good. And how are you? Yeah, I'm great. Um, um, just uh, hanging out in the uh, beginning of the British autumn weather. It has certainly changed. From a couple of weeks ago, it was sweltering hot, and now it absolutely tipping it down. That is classic British yeah. autumn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically. It's this from now on, for the foreseeable yeah. future. Until a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weather lockdown. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So let, let's paint a picture. I know sometimes it's good to have something to eat while you're watching terrible films. What are you snacking on right now? Um, I have two little bowls. Uh, <laughs> And I have <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but it, it, it was it was looming like an elephant drawing a picture in the corner uh, of the room. So That's I've got possible. I've got um, dry roasted peanuts. I have um, off brand uh, cheese flavored maize snacks, and mm-hmm. I have uh, a banana ready and raring to go. And <laughs> I've got some infusion in a mug. Um, I hope that's painted a glorious picture for you. Yeah, you, I, I picture you absolutely surrounded by feast. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a sort of a feast cockpit, ready and raring to go. Yeah, that um, picture's getting worse the more words you add to it. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> um, you've suggested films we've watched, and you are generally the suggestor. I suggested a film another week. This week... Um, someone on Twitter has suggested a film for us. I was having a conversation and this particular film was suggested to me. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea because I've actually thought about watching this film before, but I didn't realise it was terrible. (laughs) I was genuinely interested in watching it um, for the subject itself. Uh, And uh, Jay, you don't know what this film is, do you? I have no idea what this film is. And and the way you're describing it is just... I can't even guess. No, well, I so so something I don't know is what what's your opinion on the film Jaws, the Spielberg classic? Uh, um, uh, one of the best films ever made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's um, the best scene in Jaws? Oh, I mean, shall we go to the classic scene where they're all just chit chatting in the boat and exactly? Um, I'm so glad. Sure. Yeah, he's talking about his experiences, yeah. So like a doll's eyes. Um yeah, that scene there. So there, do you recall what Quint is his long monologue, what he's talking about? He's talking about an American warship that was I'm assuming in the Second World War bombed by the Japanese and the sailors were all cast overboard and they were in the water for a long period of time and then the sharks started um uh, yeah l- lunching yeah yeah, yeah 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 basically yeah it was it was yeah. a massive tragedy um, and you were quite right it's one of my favorite films in the world of cinema is the effortlessly brilliant robert shaw monologuing about the uss indianapolis and it yeah. sounds like it would make a really good film and it doesn't because um i'd like to watch today uss indianapolis colon men of courage from 2016 colon men of courage Sorry. <laughs> I've already started, Gary. I do apologise. 
Um, right. right. Okay. I've never heard of this so, film. Who's directing it? Uh, well, that's a, that's a great one to jump into because it's directed mm-hmm. by Mario Van Peebles. Oh uh, yeah, I know Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally. Star in the eighties and then nineties as well. Yeah, a bunch of films. Yeah, uh, but I, the reason I had the film yeah. is because I was talking to the Twitter account Cage's Kiss, who are a podcast who review uh, Nicolas Cage films. Every single one of them. Well, that is niche, and someone needs to do it. And they suggested a couple of films, and I thought I'd pick this one for the reason I just said. It's in a classic, not bad film. And it, I've looked it up before, and I thought, oh, I'd really like to know more about that story. And it's just, it's gone off my radar. So I'm glad to have the opportunity to watch that now. And it's only four years old, so, you know, it's bound to have really good special effects. Mm, okay. Um... So shall we do it? Uh, yeah, let's let's dive in, so to speak. President Truman has chosen you and your crew to lead a highly classified mission. You could save millions of American lives. I am your captain. You are my crew. And our survival is contingent upon functioning as one unit. Yes, sir! Our hero ship delivered the bomb in record time. There's something in the water. Submarine, sir. They might still be out there. Let's go! You think it's just luck? Live and die. God help all of us when we face an enemy like that. We need you back. I'm not leaving you. So we just watched USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. And um, I think I need to start with uh, a very quick precy of the plot, and then we need to get something out of the way. So um, if you're not aware, uh, the USS Indianapolis was a top secret mission in World War II um, to send nuclear bomb parts, Little Boy, it was called, um, that was eventually going to... um, be dropped on Hiroshima. This is, as I said, a completely true story. Uh, the USS Indianapolis is then torpedoed by a Japanese submarine, and uh, over a thousand, the ship is sunk, over a thousand crewmen are lost in the water, and many hundreds of them die through starvation, through thirst, through uh, pneumonia, and through shark attacks as well. They are, because of the nature of their mission, it's completely secret, no, no rescue is sent out. They are discovered practically by fluke um, for a complete coincidence, and uh, some hundreds of them are rescued. 
because of the secretive nature of the mission, the captain of the ship is later court-martialed because he didn't follow proper procedure and does eventually commit suicide in later life. He is exonerated by President Clinton after his death. So that's the sum total of the story of the USS Indianapolis, which I've glossed over very glibly. It's a harrowing and terrible event. But I want to make it quite clear that what we're going to talk about here um, is this particular film, how it handles the events and, and how it works. You know, I've, it is an absolutely harrowing story. And I have nothing but respect uh, for the people who are involved in the incident. Yeah, it's it's so, so we, we're like <laughs> we are in no way commenting on the story, the real life events because, well, it's obvious, why isn't it? So we're talking about the the film and the way it was put together, which yeah. was terrible. It, you see, I hope you listened to that little pricey I just gave you and thought, "Whoa, there's an interesting story that needs to be told." and I dare say that story does still need to be told because I just got so bored by it. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you kicked off with that. Oh, my God. How can a story so gripping and compelling and interesting and visceral be so boring? Oh, my God. Gary, we are really punishing ourselves with these films. <laughs> we really yeah. are. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. And we kept reading off the time codes to each other. Just thirty minutes to go. Just oh, we just God. kept checking through it because you know you get handed an absolute. Uh, uh, it, it, it speaks so cinematically the story, and you know you'll want to tell it out of respect for those that survived and those that died. You're going to want to tell that story, and you want to do it well. And this just makes it look so boring. I mean. I'm starting, as I'm thinking about it now, I'm starting to think that Mario Van Peebles, the director, is some sort of wayward genius. Because how can you be handed such an amazing story and turn it into complete dross? It takes a, it takes a, 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 a skill. And yeah. uh, he I succeeded. Mean, yeah, and there's quite a lot of emphasis at the beginning for race. There's a whole race tension angle going on for about 20 minutes oh, God. nothing to do with the ship these are sailors just on land for some reason arguing about segregation and getting into fights and i don't really I don't, you know you think you'd then pay that off you know later on in the film oh. by sort of helping each other out across the racial divide but that doesn't really happen oh my god yeah so all the interesting character arcs which we thought were going to happen didn't and were completely dropped in the water so to speak mm. and then uh and all the obvious stuff which i thought oh surely they're not just gonna do that kind of cliched crap they do repeatedly yeah repeatedly cliches about like um the the, the noble warrior particularly when it comes to like the the japanese um they are straight up stereotypes oh my god Oh my god! I mean, this film is—it's—it's it's almost an insult to the survivors. It is so so clunky, and yeah. apart from being boring, it there's like there's it, there's no real characters. There's no real 
there is barely a story like there's there's about an hour's worth in that sort of like middle section when they're in the water where i remember mm. saying to you that oh my god you could just chop you could edit this water business them in the water with the sharks you could just you could get the the, the actual tape and cut it up and throw it in the air and then put it back together again it would not matter it was just like no no they weren't they weren't plot points they were just scenes that happened shot mm. after shot of men in boats and water and sharks and men oh my god i got shark um i, I just i i got I, I fell into a shark coma well they never built up any of the menace of the scenes so there was never a sort of oh my god the sharks were out there none of the oh my god i'm hungry none of the oh my god i'm thirsty oh my god it's so hot out here or i'm getting pneumonia at night it was all it all just just happened and yet you would have thought that our first shot of a shark isn't 49 minutes and it just drifts past nicholas cage he didn't even look at it and then our first shark attack just happens in a second without comment the guy just whoop it's just whipped off the side, but it's not built up to it. Oh God! Yeah. So, so, so the, so the ship, yeah, the the ship, um, sort of uh, gets torpedoed during the night. It's all it's all a bit Titanic, quite frankly. Lots of in indistinct uh, bodies falling in water. Uh, the ship upends at night, fade to black, and then you open on the daytime. People in water, and all of a sudden. A man gets dragged off in, under the water by a shark. It's like, well, where did that come from? Hang on a second. Well, we, we've only just gone into the water. Um, this film is appalling. <laughs> this film is really, really bad. And we say this every week. <laughs> I think, I think this is one of the worst films we've watched so far. This is this film is so bad. The agony is that there's an awful lot of competence on the show in that. It is lit correctly. It is in focus. Um, there is a, a dynamic in the in the shots, and there is, you know, there is an air of competency about the creation. The, the soundtrack's pretty good and really doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, you know, very James Howard type, you know, bar- barreling along and and uh, heroic stuff and dramatic. Yeah, like desperately trying to squeeze out some emotion from me, and I I, I was having none of it. I'm afraid. Um, it's good. I, I felt more good. and re- defining a clear through line. I mean, we rewrote it on the fly. I mean, you know, what what was the idea you came up with, Jay? Well, okay, <laughs> far be it from me to tell a professional director how to do his job, but I'm going to anyway. Okay, my idea was like instead of just these random men that you can't—they're really indistinct. You can't really work out who they are. There's a, there's an attempt at a story at the beginning, like I don't know. I can't, can you even remember? I can't remember. I can't, certainly can't remember the names of them. No. Why didn't they just take one guy, one character? You see him enlisting. You get a bit of his family backstory. Maybe he's got a girlfriend. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, he meets some other people, but you sort of follow through line of him. Maybe you follow him uh, training. And then he gets uh, assigned to the ship and you see what the name of the ship is. And it's the USS Indianapolis. And it's meant it would send a frisson of interest through you because you know what's going to happen. But he obviously doesn't. But you follow him through. And, and there's 
there's one character that you're following. Uh, and then what would happen is that the boat would sink and then the sharks and all that stuff would also happen. But you're following one man. And it's and, and, and really the, 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 the whole point of the film is, is to follow this man through this experience and out the other side. What this film felt like was like some sort of crap Universal Studios ride, where it's like shark attack. It's like that is that was the focus of this film. Like, can't wait. What just occurred to me is um, I many years ago, about thirty years ago, I went to Universal Studios, and uh, two things: they have a Jaws shark attack bit. They probably don't have it anymore. But they also have a pond where they film loads of stuff and it's got a backdrop. And while I was watching, I was thinking, hmm, that looks like the kind of place where Universal had their pond where you could film stuff. I oh, said, no. You know, it's like the size of a football pitch, but, you know, it meant you could do loads of stuff on it. And it was, if you recall, a Universal picture because we talked about the logo at the start. So oh, no. So they just on those little puddles. They just said to Nicolas Cage, here you go, Nick. Um... A weekend in Universal Studios, you, you'll get a bit wet, but you'll get paid a few million pounds, dollars. So we've whatever. talked over 10 minutes and we haven't really addressed the Nicolas Cage in the room. That's Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> so it's one of uh, Nicolas Cage performances tend to fall into several buckets, right? You get the, the, the wild, crazy guy. Yeah. You get um, the very earnest type performance. Yeah, and um, you get the sort of offbeat, wacky performance, and yeah. you know, I think we've very got very much got the earnest performance here. Oh my god, earnest! It was like he was barely awake. It was like he was it was he was earnest to the point of being comatose. Well, his hair was very earnest. That was for sure. That was a very <laughs> dark, earnest colour. Uh, that looked like it might run in the seawater. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw some of that die running in some of those scenes. Um, mm. Just saying. Yeah, it could be. Um, I also thought, um, as some of you will remember, our review of Trouble in Beverly Hills, where Frank Stallone clearly wasn't available for filming. I don't think Nicolas Cage was available for a lot of this because he spends a lot of the film on screen with about two or three people at a time. Yeah, yeah, and and if he's talking to some other people, it's always off camera. Like yes. he, he, it cuts to someone else. Yeah, they basically took him to a paddling pool with about five actors and just said, "Read these lines." I mean, I'm pretty mm. sure that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, talking off camera, a large device is Nicolas Cage writing letters to his wife. Uh, <laughs> which has whole chunks of stuff that should be redacted out of a military letter. Oh, we're just having a bit of a sale across here. Um, oh, yeah, he says, yeah, yeah, we're going to go here, and these are the coordinates, <laughs> and, and this is what we've got in our in our big hold area. Yes, yeah, it's got a nuclear weapon in it. It's fine. Just don't tell anyone. Yeah. It, it probably secret, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's another really... That's a real uh, example of how leaden and clunky this film is. You have to insert these... Terrible narrative devices, latches. I'm writing a letter to my wife um, <laughs> so I can explain the plot to you. And there's, yeah. there's scene after scene of this, let me explain things to you. Like the guy in the engine room who explains how sharks work. And you just <laughs> wonder why you're doing this. And actually, oh, oh yeah, every five minutes. But you need to earn that. And I think if you'd have done that in the water when they're circling, 
you would have just had, and I know we're going to echo Quint and Jaws doing this, but just talking about them while the sharks are circling the rafts and saying, they're just circling for now, they're playing with us, they're toying with us, you know why, because they've got this instinct, because they're like this predator. That would have been so much more dramatically satisfying. And yet sharks circle around these guys without a comment. Nobody mentions it. Just taking well, it for granted. They kept foreshadowing the sharks every five or ten minutes with like, oh, should we mention a shark? Oh, there's a picture of a shark. Oh, there's, there's some shark teeth in the background. Um, but then when the sharks actually arrive, it's like, uh, what a waste. Boring. Um, yeah. Such a build-up for, for very little. Um, but talking about um, Nicolas Cage's talking to his wife every five minutes as a voiceover, it did, it did mean that we get to see the opening shot of him, which is him staring down the barrel of the camera yes. <laughs> with extreme close-up, talking to the audience about some yeah. random thing. <laughs> this is not done at Cage. This is Cage Max. <laughs> this, it just made Cage. him look mental. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if you, if you like Cage, then that's a particularly good moment for you. But um, I would say the good Cage moments are few and far between. Yeah, well, you know, he has a good scene where he has to sort of share a can of spam out, which <laughs> probably happened. But, you know, him <laughs> serving it is quite fun and well worth committing to celluloid. Yeah, I mean, we did get a nice shot of <laughs> Nicolas Cage half dead on the side of a of a little raft opening a can of spam and just saying the word spam <laughs> yes. uh, which yeah. you know is probably worth the entrance fee really yeah okay and, uh, and, and the spam board should definitely sign him up to do uh youtube mid rolls <laughs> spam uh, cage spam <laughs> Both four-letter words. I can see yeah. it now. <laughs> Spam cage. Spam cage. Yeah, yeah. Limited edition. Get yours now. <laughs> um, so this whole thing reeks of missed opportunity. You have an absolutely gripping, powerful, interesting story that really needs telling. And you just fumble it with the most pedestrian and boring procedural story that needs a good 40 minutes hacked out of it. And oh, yeah, exactly. properly building the tension to these moments. On that theme, I've just got a couple of little quotes here from uh, just perusing the internet for uh, reviews of this film. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, they're all terrible. So oh. um, The Hollywood Reporter says, this slapdash war movie does not do justice to its compelling subject matter. So that is exactly oh, what we're saying. I'm glad um, we're not, and particularly an American source says that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I um, haven't read um, the reviews before watching this. RogerEbert.com says, not exactly unwatchable, but also it's completely not worthy of watching. So, mm. Mm. I, I would um, agree with that. I mean, it is competently made. It just is boring. I don't know how you get a story like that and make it boring. Nicolas Cage headlines this lethargic, chintzy retelling of the tragedy that befell the USS Indianapolis. Yeah, oh, it lethargic was. Lethargic is the perfect Lethargic. Word. I mean, oh, I, I nearly fell asleep. 
How can I? How can I nearly fall asleep watching men being eaten by sharks? I don't understand how that's happened. With the right. backdrop that this is a real story in your mind. Yeah, and then and then we had to sit through. I mean, I don't know how to broach this, but I'm just going to say it. We had to sit through the uh, the denouement of the film, which is like the trial and all that, and some terrible cage acting, staring mm-hmm. a Japanese actor in the eyes whilst uh, turning on the waterworks, which is another mildly amusing cage moment. But then when just before the credits or during the credits, you get real stories from the real men mm-hmm. who are there, and they, they are speaking for about a minute or so, and those little snippets that they talk about are more interesting than the two-plus hours that we've just been watching. And my first thought was like, well, why didn't they film that? that I mean, that's 100% accurate. These two, you know, quite elderly veterans pop up and tell you real horrific stories for about 10 seconds. And you go, oh, God. I would have just pointed a camera at whoever's still with us or whoever can still, you know, has some diary entries we can read and just film that because it makes a much better tribute to what happened. Yeah, well, one man, one man's talking about yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta punch them in the eyes, and then when when you punch them in the eyes, they like they fall down into the water, and then like show that that sounds really amazing, and and that's a visceral, interesting, real thing that happened, and like we got two hours of sludge. Mm. Oh, so there's that, and then and then the the weird feeling of. Of, of what of listening to these real men and this real story and you feeling like some kind of like empathy for it and then but then sort of remembering the schlock that we've just watched and uh, oh my god you just leave this film feeling extremely strange because it's terrible and you hate the film but the subject matter is so interesting that it's a it's a confusing mess I don't, I don't understand it. And yet again, I think I'm angry. I think I'm angry at this film. This film yeah, has made I mean, me angry. There's a proper reason to be angry. You know, to get this wrong is just, it's tragic. It's really tragic to get this wrong. Oh, yeah. So I don't think I can say any more about this, but I'm also not going to ask you if you would recommend anyone watch this. <laughs> you're going to say no. Absolutely no. This film is dead in the water, pun intended. I think you can probably search out a really good documentary on the subject. I'm sure we can oh, find yeah. something that will, you know, give you the the full uh, epic scale and drama and tragedy of this story, and hopefully have some real life talking heads in it as well. Yes, um, I was just uh, um, I was just amazed at how you could just mess up such an amazing story, and we were talking about like how do you how do you make such bad, boring films? And and uh, we may discuss that in the future about how competent filmmakers make terrible films. Yeah, that's I think that's an area ripe for discussion. Uh, but I think we 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 we're due uh, we're, we're due a real good terrible movie at some point soon. I can feel it brewing on the horizon. I think we should wrap it up there. So thanks for Jay, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Yep, see you soon.